Thank you for trusting me. I will leave you to your thoughts. But if you'll permit me another time, I would like to learn more about your meditative technique. May I ask why? You weigh questions of politics. I weigh questions of place, purpose. With such uncertainty as we are all experiencing, I am finding it much more challenging than I had anticipated. Place your hands out, palms up. It is called Threshtor, Kasha. It means shared mind. A type of meditation we teach our children while they are learning. Close your eyes. Your eyes are meant to remain closed, Captain Saru. Take a deep breath. Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast. I am one of your hosts, Johnson, and with me is Mike, my co-host. Hey, Mike, how's it going today? How are you? Hey, Johnson. Happy Wednesday night. We are halfway through this week. Thank goodness. We're old and tired. We are today. It's like basically just every day. It's like, how are you? I'm tired. How are you? I'm tired. It's like it's pretty much the same. Yeah, I mean, it's everything's been exhausting lately, right? It just seems to take more. Well, you also now have a dog, so it's kind of like that adds another layer of responsibility to your day. It does. It's like time that you could have had just relaxing. Now, now you need to like take the dog out. Now you need to clean up after the dog, feed the dog, play with the dog. Yeah, and you know, and I love Hamish to death, but yes, it is exhausting. But today, you know, I yeah. Today was good because I got to sleep in a little bit more because Dennis was home. So he took Hamish out for a number of his walks. And um, yeah, I could actually go and walk and get a coffee and walk and just relax and listen to. I'm listening to. I'm actually reading the autobiography of Catherine Janeway right now. Oh, okay. Um, which is actually really good. It's narrated by um, by Kate Mulgrew. So it oh. is. It's okay, really, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's really good. So, um, yeah, it's the audio book from Audible. So it was on it was on a sale for members. So I think I got it for like five bucks. Oh, nice. Okay, so, yeah, cool. So that's that's enjoyable. It's actually yeah, it's actually really good, and it's nice to hear her narrate it too. Even yeah, at one, no, that's awesome. Even at one point five speed, her voice still sounds the same. So <laughs> one point five, goodness. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was nice to just be outside and walk. It was sort of a warmer day today, but it was sort of cloudy, too. So I haven't been outside since Sunday. No idea. <laughs> no idea. I mean, it looked sunny yesterday. It looks sunny today. But yesterday was sunny. Today was like sunny for a while and then it got cloudy. But yes. So, yeah. So, yes, it is exhausting raising a puppy. He is a lot of work and he's obviously recovering from a number of um, ailments, ailments, uh, eye, ear and stomach. So, God. um, so that has been exhausting as well. So and expensive and expensive. Yes. Uh, yes, it was expensive, but it was also, so yeah, I took him to the vet for all of that. Plus he got his pre-ops done for his neutering. Yay. Mm -hmm. And I also got his monthly medication. So it was, yeah, it was sort of. What a, is he in medication for? Oh, you get like flea and tick and something else. Oh, oh that. Um, yeah. So there's two 
there's two medications that we give him every month, except now he, now he goes through a quarterly one on one of them because he's bigger. So older. Oh, okay. So yeah. So, um, yeah, but yeah, it was definitely expensive. It was a thousand dollars just for one visit. That's um, a lot. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, he's getting better, thankfully. But yes, it's all very exhausting. And the holidays are coming up. And mm -hmm. yeah, and work is busy. So yeah. it's just, but I do have some time off after around Christmas. So that's good. But you guys aren't, are you guys going anywhere? No, uh, no, we're staying here for Christmas uh, together. And then he has to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I have off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I'm going up to Massachusetts. Oh, yes. And you're taking the dog. I'm taking the dog. Yeah. So um, oh I hope he doesn't poop and vomit in the car this time. Right. Yeah. Well, I've, I have learned about children's Dramamine. So that's what we're going to try on this trip. Uh, another oh. do another dog owner who has uh, who has a similar breed uh, and travels a lot with their dog said when they were younger to, they their doc their vet said to give them children's drama means so oh so yeah uh, so I'm gonna try that I mean he's gonna have to be in the back seat by himself so that'll be interesting um, mm -hmm. so so yeah so but yes it's a uh, yeah, so I'm going to go away for a couple of days. Um, so basically, life is exhausting and expensive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know what? I'm just, you know, and, and we're hosting a New Year's Eve party, apparently. That. <laughs> oh, my God. So, <laughs> so I was I had dinner with Dennis and, you know, you guys had mentioned it. And I was like, oh, yeah. How did that come about? And then he was like you put it on our calendars. I was like, what are you talking about? And then I looked at my Google Cal and I was like, you're right. And this is when, you know, we were uh, hanging out and we had too much fun. <laughs> yes, LOL. And I put this had. on our calendars and I totally forgot about it. So, and I was like, oh, yep, yeah, I'm the organizer of this event. So, yes, you are. Uh, so, you're hosting a, a New Year's Eve party. So, I was like, okay, then. Um, so, and I can't believe I didn't veto that as the more sober member of the crew that night. But, wow. Um, anyway, so yeah, so I have to come back and host a New Year's Eve party. And I have to work. I have to work one day that week. So, oh, okay. Um, which is, you know, get, get stuff out for Sunday and then just, you know, check in with email, which it should be pretty light. So, um, yeah, but I still have to work, put in my hours. So I guess I could take a vacation day. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see what um, happens. Uh, I mean, most of, most everybody's going to be gone, so it doesn't, right. hopefully it'll be light. Yeah. So so yeah, one of my bosses is away definitely, and uh, yeah. So yeah, so that's uh, the rundown. So we won't we'll record next week, and yeah. then we're gonna take a week off uh, between Christmas and New Year's. Yes, yeah, so we'll be taking a week off just to give ourselves a break, um, and yeah, and then we'll be covering two episodes come the first week of January. Yeah, well, and right around the corner. Yeah, and that'll be like halfway through the season. That's true. That's yeah, because right. yeah. we're gonna, uh, we're going to discuss tonight all is possible episode four, mm -hmm. and tomorrow uh, episode five drops. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Well, should we get into this week's episode then? All is possible. Let's do it. You want to go back, don't you? I do. Why? Because getting my lieutenant pips was the worst day of my life. You know, I, I never could figure out how my mother became a diplomat. 
She was such a hard ass at home. No compromise. She had everything planned out. She had my whole life planned out. So when I told her that I wanted to join Starfleet instead of the diplomatic course, she... So I always thought that I was doing this for me. But then when I got the pips, all of a sudden I realized, like, my mom is 900 years in the past. She's never going to see me wear them. And I started wondering if this is what I really wanted or if I just really wanted to be seen. You know, and that was humbling. But I think it could be a useful perspective for a teacher. Well, I'm seeing your face every day. All right. So, yeah, Mike want to know curious minds want to know what do you think of this episode overall what, what were your thoughts i want to hear your thoughts i have all the questions i have uh, yes. thoughts too but I'm, i want to hear your thoughts first. i mean i you know i enjoy i enjoyed this episode i thought uh i think my first takeaway i think the first thing i said to you was that i thought michael was written really well this episode uh so i enjoyed that i i enjoy i also enjoy costume wise i mean I think it's Gersha Phillips, right? As the costume mm-hmm. designer. I love their dress uniforms. That purple, I'm, I'm assuming it's purple. I think it's purple, purple-ish, plum in that range uh, is just a really nice uniform. Oh um, man, I didn't even really notice the dress uniforms yep. for some reason. Huh. Yeah, that's what her and Saru are in for that entire episode, uh, pretty much. Maybe not at the beginning, I can't you know, or the end, but, uh, yeah. So I really enjoyed that storyline. I enjoyed the, uh, you know, when Michael speaks up in the, in the council chamber and like gets involved when she was mm-hmm. explicitly told not to, I was like, uh Oh, here we go. Shit's going to go off the rails. And, right. uh, uh, but it didn't. And, uh, yeah, it was really, uh, I thought that was really interesting, and we. Got yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, are they gonna just, you know, is this another setup for more tension between her and and the, the press? Yeah, but fortunately, it wasn't, and I was very thankful for that. I was very glad that it wasn't just another instigating moment, you know, because I mean, my feeling is that they've inserted a couple of those in the past few episodes. So I was anticipating that was going to happen again this episode, but didn't. So I was like, wow, it's actually like a constructive moment. And they're actually working together. Amazing. You know? Yeah, I thought, uh, yeah, that's why I say she was written really well, because, I, you know, she was professional. She was calm. She was very captain like uh, in this episode. And I thought that that was really, uh, really good. And um so yeah, so there's that storyline, which is uh, you know, and again we get to see uh, Saru and his and Taprina is that her name? Tarina. President Tarina, Tar- President Tarina, uh, spend some time together, which is nice. Uh, you know, a budding little r- romance going on there, which we've seen through season three and into. Yeah, no, this was this is great. Um, wait, have we seen this before? Well, you know, I mean, I, I don't recall was... them really interacting much. Yeah, I mean, he was the captain in season three, and so he and her at the end of that season, they said, had a conversation when the yes. Navarre episode. They had one yeah. conversation. No, they had that conversation, but at the end of the season as well. Oh, no, maybe that was when they said, I would like to spend more time with you or get to know you more, keep in touch or whatever. And, you know, I remember thinking back then that there was some chemistry going on there. Um, I saw the, you know, yes, I remember the scene you're talking about because I thought I I like that conversation that they had um, in that Navarre episode whose name the name of the episode escapes me Re- reunification part three. yes oh my i was like it's so obvious yes reunification uni- reunification three. three yes um but 
yes, that was a very that was a very good scene. Or Unification Three, I forget anybody. Reunification, right. Unification Three. Three. Yeah. Reunification. Unification. Sorry. Unification. Yeah. Apologies to all listeners. Um, but yeah, yeah. so there's I didn't thing. get any sort of like, oh, like they're just respectful peers. No, I got vibes off that. There, there, there was definitely some love interest or or some some deeper interest there between the two of them. And I'm glad to see that they brought that back this season, which we've seen a little bit of. And now in this episode, we see it even more when she sends him some tea at the ceremony at the ceremony and then he goes and sees her and talks and and they meditate together they meditate together at the end so yeah it was uh it was uh and nice then she to asked see him for tea afterwards after yeah. everything said and done after, like, yeah Can you join for tea yeah and he was like yeah yeah so and uh, was like yeah <laughs> i was uh, you know um so yeah, so there's that storyline, which I think was really well done and, and, and interesting. And we got the answer to what is happening to uh, the person who, to uh, Davini, or who was it that killed the Starfleet officer that they went after last oh, episode? Oh, I don't remember at this point. That was uh, sort of last week. <laughs> but anyway, they got a little yeah, bit of our, an update hotly, of that. Our hotly debated uh, subject last week as right. to whether or not the the Kuat Malat, I don't know what her name is. We can look it up. Uh, if she would face justice on uh, on Navarre. Right. I, I never doubted. I never doubted that she would face Navarre justice. I mean, and honestly, her sentencing made a lot of sense. Um, I thought it was appropriate for the crime. And I thought that, yeah, I mean, I could not see present Torino just be like she's gonna go scot-free bitch you know I it's Navarre justice so I I had I had full confidence full confidence well there you go uh so not to read what is her name but... oh my god now I'm like scrolling through this uh recap of memory alpha like Davini there's or... so many words <laughs> so many words anyway uh so that's wrapped up and uh Javini 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 there we go. So that's wrapped up. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a great way to bring Navarre into the Federation, which I thought was really great. And uh, so that's exciting. That's a that's progress. Another another world brought it back into the Federation. And then on the other flip side, we have our favorite lieutenant Tilly uh, taking uh, some Starfleet cadets and Adira on a uh, scientific mission. Away mission. Away yes, mission, yes. yeah. Uh, and so we get to see her shine in a way, in a new and different way. But also you get to, I, I think that this part of the story really shows the state of the Federation or the state of, yeah, the state of Starfleet, but also the Federation really, uh, and how people have lacked trust in one another and teamwork and everyone sort of been on their own like more just isolationists yeah so and how that's impacting cadets at starfleet academy i mean it's very clear that they're that's translating to the youth of this generation Mm -hmm. and uh how they're interacting as officers or potential as cadets in starfleet academy so i think that uh that was really fascinating to see it gives us a greater context of the universe as it is in the 32nd century and uh and you can even see how adira is an, impacted by that as well growing up on a generation ship and uh you know not have it, how they're not um they don't have that uh teamwork that ability to work with others they sort of they they have been you know brilliant and young and uh hiding in the earth for earth defense force right or not hiding but working in the earth defense force and uh so it we see how it affects them as well and you know and tilly is has got a lot of experience right in three years in the three years she's been on discovery uh she's experienced a lot and uh well adira is also Particularly when compared to Gray, Gray's like, I want to meet everyone. Yes. <laughs> I want, 
Because I think they, what, they had that conversation where I don't remember the exact, like what they exactly said, but, oh, I think, was it Gray was going to go to the bar or something? Yeah, he was going to go to some social function. Or do or... some social social function. And then yeah. Adira was kind of like, oh, what, were they like, oh, they're, you're, you're not going to know anyone there or something? It was something like that. And Gray's yes. like, whatever, I'm just going to say hi to people, <laughs> you know? I think they're just very different. Yes. Which I like. Uh, Gray is very much an extrovert, and Adira is very much an introvert. Obviously, they got to know each other. I wouldn't be surprised if Gray was the one that reached out to Adira versus the other way around, you know, when they initially met. But I thought that that was interesting. And this also, uh, that was one of the things that I think Adira really took away from this away mission which was, hey, talk to people, get to know other people, rely on other people, and you'll come up better for it. So I really like that. I do too. And uh, interestingly enough, I just put this together and it's I should have thought of this. But this is also very much a, a uh, an example of how our society has become over the last couple of years with COVID. And, you know, we've all, all become sort of is- isolationist in some ways. And have we? I mean, uh, we've been pretty social. We saw each other consistently over COVID. Yeah, but I mean, we were, you know, it was just us. It was just the four or five of us. It wasn't. Oh, I saw other people. <laughs> oh, yes. You're, you're, you're nothing. Speak for stops, yourself. Nothing stops your, but for the most part, I mean, for most people, uh, you know, I mean, you did, you didn't go out a lot. You, you know, you, I mean, we were in lockdown for, for months and months and months when all this started. So um, you were isolated as well um a little bit i don't remember that um period like when we first started getting locked down i don't remember yeah. that yeah, very, very well i mean yeah. i did fine you know I, I did fine yes you did yeah. but for a lot of people it does become uh, a place where you get isolationist uh isolationist and uh isolated you, isolated okay fine yeah <laughs> english uh, English. Uh, I'm tired tonight, obviously. I'm tired too, bitch. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I just think it's a great representation of how our society or parts of our society has become that way because of the last couple of years as well. So, yeah. So she, they, sorry, they uh, learned some valuable lessons about becoming more putting themselves out there more and, and saying hi to people. And they say, they do say at the end, right, that they had some new friends. They consider these cadets new friends. And so that was really great to see as well. And and then we see uh, Tilly spread her wings and accept a teaching position at Starfleet Academy, which- yes. uh, Offered to her by David Cronenberg. Yes, which do we even know? What is his name on the show? David Cronenberg. Kovic. Oh, Kovic. Yes, that's Kovic. right. So he's just kind of there. I'm like, all right. Yes, he's he's a very strange individual. I mean, in well, reality, I, quite, I just don't really know why he was there. I I don't really know his function. Like, I don't know his like his kind of like you know he interrogated Giorgio. Right. Um, he worked with Culber when trying to figure out if there would be a cure for George. It was like, you know, just like, I feel he's like a filler person for, for very random situations. Like, I don't know. You know, I, I don't quite know what his function is. I mean, he's interesting. I think that it's a interesting dynamic he brings and it's a little bit of an alien. Wait, I'm going to look up his, like his uh, bio on memory alpha. I'm sure he introduced himself. Sure. So uh, she she goes off. <laughs> it just and- says he is a human federation official. Okay. All right. So it's uh, uh, I don't think we yeah. So it's never really been defined what or who he is per se or what he does. He sort of does everything, but he's obviously involved with Starfleet Academy. So uh, there is that. Uh, and uh, you would think that whoever is actually the president of. Starfy Academy or the principal of Starfy Academy or whatever would be the one kind of there overseeing that. Sure, we'll get, I'll, I'll take David Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so, you know, there's this sad, but also very nice goodbye for, for Tilly. And her montage of hugs was very touching at the end. And 
Uh, you know, I, I wish that I wish the bridge crew had been part of that as well. Uh, I'm, the montage. Think, yeah. Well, you know, I think that, you know, I think even doing a scene on the bridge and saying, I, you know, I've decided to take uh, take a position there would have been a nice, uh, nice scene for them. Yeah, I, I really did like the conversation between her and Michael, though. I thought that that was very touching. And yeah, absolutely. It very much reflected on her journey on Discovery. Like, I really appreciate that conversation. She was able to kind of reflect on her her whole time. Um, that was that was great. So, yeah, and it goes back to the conversation she had with Gabrielle uh, last episode. So there's that piece that sort of um, carried through as well. So right, uh, it's nice to see that journey, her journey continuing. And, and from all indications, she'll be back at some point. Um, we just don't know how, or I, I think right. there's, I mean, there are rumors, like people are yeah. like, Oh, is this the springboard? Is, is this a springboard for the Starfleet Academy series? Things like that. Oh yeah. Maybe. So I don't know. Yeah. It I won't do. be the same though. At least the, the discovery won't be the same without Tilly on it. I agree. I agree. Um, you know, Adira is similar in characteristics with Tilly or early Tilly, you know, at, right. uh, season like smart, one. Tilly. Awkward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, they don't really replace Tilly. And uh, so no, there's, so there's something very special about Tilly. I don't know what it is. Yeah. That really made me resonate with that character. I don't know if it's because I relate to her or what it is, but she's just so down to earth like she's smart but she's just down to earth and relatable and humble i don't know there's something about tilly that i think is just great i think there's a number of things and i you know i i'm excited to see what 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 where her character goes next and what happens yeah. with her uh but there is indication she'll be back later in the season so that's yes. good well i think she said in interviews she's not going anywhere yeah but so we'll see yeah so and, and i didn't even think about the the shoot off for the starfleet academy series but that that's a interesting idea yeah um no i mean it's obviously just a rumor but right until something happens it's you know and i thought you know i thought that the the uh the cadets that were on the the mission as well were were diverse and interesting you know one from i think jupiter or titan one who had never really seen an alien before. Mm -hmm. We have an Orion who, you know, is having prejudice against them because of the, um, I want to say the Orion syndicate, but that's not what it was. Well, the, the Emerald chain, the Emerald chain. And, uh, then we have a, what looks to be a Nasican, right? I wasn't sure if this was a Nasican or Tellarite. I was just like, I, I initially thought Nasican. But I feel like the Nausicans we got in like TNG were like uglier. So I'm not sure. But makeup has also changed. So who the fuck knows? Like, right. You know, the, the clans and like clans. I, I like the idea that he's a Nausican, but, uh, you know. Cool. Yeah, uh, sure. You know, because um, we do have a Tellarite in, uh, in, um, Prodigy. So I, I, I think it would be. Yeah, but the anime Tellarites and then the real. Real life makeup. Who the who the hell knows? Who knows? Yeah. So I thought that those were some interesting characters, uh, and and throw Adira into the mix, and Tilly and her upbeat, uh, always positive attitude, and she's she's positive, but she was also like screaming at them. So yeah, yes, yeah, which I think is uh, very on on character for Tilly. It's on brand. Yeah, on brand. That's what I was looking yeah. for. So yeah, so you know, two stories. We didn't see a lot of movement in the the dark matter anomaly. No, but I think this. this this week, this coming week's episode, I think that's going to be the focus. Yeah, I'm fine with do. that. I don't think every week needs to be dedicated to this, like you know, this this phenomenon that we're tracking all season. It's, it's right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think that would be too much, and and. Like we said before, this faceless, nameless enemy that is a scientific anomaly doesn't really give it the same same oomph. Like there's nothing for the characters to play off from. Right. So 
other than like tragedy right yes so oh wait we do oh and my gosh we saw therapy with dr culber book and and dr culber (laughs) i forgot forgot about that that too uh totally forgot about that so that was very interesting as well and book book and culber get to spend some time together and i know off screen uh wilson cruz has said a number of very positive things about david ajala uh so i think that those scenes were were some good therapy making therapy accessible making it uh you know meaningful I, I don't know i'd have to go back i have to go back and watch it again but i enjoyed those pieces as well i thought that it was also good that we we sort of saw some resolution last last week with book and you know and it's good to see that it was just temporary it wasn't a permanent fix and that grief is ongoing and guilt right. is ongoing which is which is true it which is, is. Real. it's realistic yeah. yeah yeah so but it was it seemed like it was almost too tied up and resolved last week and i'm glad that we've got this piece back this week right. as far as that goes so yeah i mean yeah. last week it was just kind of um he found he found a uh, catharsis by realizing that T- tito is his nephew it's tito it's not tito no um <laughs> whatever his nephew the awkward one tito um, is uh vodka i know that (laughs) i don't i don't remember his nephew's name but this episode brought to you by tito's alcohol uh, but uh, realizing that tito knew that that book loved him you know so he he was able to kind of get over that hump but that this but in this episode we see that he still needs to kind of grieve and mourn right Yes, of, of exactly. everything that he's lost. So, because at first it was like guilt, and right. then it was like realizing that, you know, I guess realizing that wasn't his fault, but then also realizing that oh, uh, nephew, nephew loved ne- nephew knew he loved him, and now it's kind of like it's no longer guilt or, uh, not you know not being sure if his nephew loved him, but now it's kind of just you know right. it, it's just going through the motions of understanding loss right so it's uh lido not Tito. oh yes lido see i was close you're you're making it sound like i'm crazy lido and tito are two different <laughs> things Let's i was off by one letter i was like distracted by i was like what are you looking at yeah, yeah i was looking up this i was going to memory alpha and i looked up booker's nephew and lido is at the top quajan yes, yes uh yes he was Kahim's son and Cleveland Booker's nephew. Deceased. Uh, deceased, sadly. <laughs> so I totally forgot about that storyline. That's like the C minus storyline, the, <laughs> the therapy sessions. But yeah. Uh, I mean, there's so much going on in this episode. And there's again, a lot happening. Uh, you know, we have some very uh, complex plots going on here this season even more complex this season than last i think i think this is more uh i don't know complex is the best word i can think of like normally we would have an a and b plot right and now this is two episodes in a row where we've had an a b and c plot even though the c plot in this one is a little bit less um less uh critical or crucial but uh still important part of the story so yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on this episode? Yes. Anything? Yes. yes. I have many thoughts. Oh, well, please do share. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, you know, I didn't want to, I wanted you to kind of get your thoughts out before like interjecting with my thoughts. So I agree. I, I really like the whole Navarre, um, you know, all that drama. I really liked how President Tarina and then Pre- President Rillick, like both, you saw the scenes where they both gave like Michael and Saru respectively, like a look, you know, like it was just like, and they, it was like kind of the unsaid, like we can't do anything about it. Right. Um, I, I, I like that. I, 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 it was one of those moments when, you know, I'm usually like, sometimes when I'm watching these episodes, I'm also like on my phone or whatever. I'll be honest. But it was one of those episodes where I actually like was looking at the screen 
And I was like, oh, like, yes, I see. I see the look, you know, because I think we get I think we get um, the the moment between President Willick and Michael first. And then the way that President Willick was like, we can't do anything about it. And the way that she was very purposeful and how she said it. I was like, all right, <laughs> something's something's off here. And then she was like, see you later. Like, I'm going back to the ship or whatever. And just left her there, uh, left Michael there. I was like, all right, yes, like something's going on. Um, so I, I liked some of those moments. And yes, I love the moments between uh, Saru and Tarina. I, I, I really like the scene where Saru comes into her quarters, comes into her quarters and, you know, he's like, teach me how to meditate. I'm like, yeah, best teach him to meditate. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, holding hands. I'm like, yes, that's great. I just love, they're both very like serene people. And, um, you know, I don't know what their age difference is and Vulcans live till like 200 something. So it's hard to tell like how old Ter- like Tarina is. But, you know, Saru, I don't know how old Saru is either, technically, but it's just that they're both, they both kind of have this wisdom to them and this maturity to them. I'm like, they're a great match. You know, it was just, it was nice to see that. Um, and it was, it was, that it was going to be awesome. Um, okay. So one thing, that, <laughs> one thing that I, okay, so I agree with you and I would like your thoughts here. Um, so I agree with you that Michael, Michael, I told you, so one of the first things I said to you was that Michael was less aggravating this episode than usual. So it's true. She was well-written. She wasn't like hot-headed. She was, she was deliberate. I think it was helpful that Saru was there. So they were able to kind of work through the problem together. What I did not like, I did not like this at all is that Michael was like, well, here's solution, and I am the key to your solution. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, again, Michael needs to be the center of everything. You know, like Michael needs to be not only the savior of the universe, the savior of like all biological, biological life in the galaxy. She also needs to be the crutch of this agreement between the Federation and Navarre. And I was like, oh my God. And then when she said, oh yeah, you know, because I'm a Federation citizen and I'm also a child of logic, I'm like, are you a child of logic? You're like the most emotional, illogical person in this show. Like, give me a break. Like, just because you grew up in Vulcan, like, do not associate yourself with logic in any Well, way. no, it's, it's the piece that I think you're missing. She's a citizen of the Federation, but she's also a citizen of Navarre. And she's a member of Starfleet. So there's there's three connecting points here that... that uh... No, I think the way that she said it, it was like something about like, she was like, I know what you're saying, but the way she positioned herself as like a child of logic, I know what you're saying. Oh that no, I I, I remember like the yeah no I I know that I I can hear your head exploding as a child of logic comment. Yes, I understand <laughs> what you're saying. Yes, yeah. but of course, but it just annoyed me that again, Michael Burnham needs to be the key to the solution. She's the and this is my main issue with this show. It goes back to the main issue. It's a trigger. Michael Burnham is the savior. I just, why couldn't it just be like, have a non-biased council, third party overseeing everything, but then you also need, I understand the rationale, but then of course, Michael needs to be the solution. And I just hate it when Michael Burnham needs to be the solution. I don't like that. (laughs) And and unfortunately, this is a show that, you know, this is a show. It's constantly Michael, 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 you know, like, and it's one of the things that I really dislike about discovery and but on a fundamental level so um yes i mean it probably doesn't bother you but it bothers me a lot no i mean i understand the savior aspect of this and how how frustrating that is i I agree to some extent that that's the case but you know one of the things i will say is that this show is written around michael it has been I do agree that she's become the linchpin of too many solutions and, and too many things instead of it. It's been a lot of times a one person solution rather than a everyone pulling. Yeah, together. I wish it was more of a team solution, yeah. you know, and yeah. we don't get enough of like, I'm not saying it never happens, but we don't 
it's like, oh my God, Bryce had a suggestion on the bridge. And, you know, like, I think that was the first episode. Like, yeah, Bryce, you know, it's like, that's how sad it is. Like, you know, Bryce got to speak up and suggest something that was implemented. And we were so happy about that. Because it's like, oh my God, someone other than Michael, Michael, someone other than Michael Burnham actually like helped and like did something, you know? And it was just like, I just, uh, yeah, it, it bothers me. It really bothers me. Um, I'm glad at least we, you know, sometimes we get like Tilly, like having a moment in the spotlight or, or Saru, I guess. So yeah, yes. I'm trying to think of examples. Um, maybe. Yes. If anything, Saru operates more as a, more as a compliment to Michael rather than like him being like the hero. Um, well, if you go back to, if you remember going back to last season, how, how Detmer was the solution to, uh, not getting involved with the, with the, like the Federation couldn't act on, on the Emerald chain shipped, but a rogue, she got her her moment. Yeah. She's like barely in the season. So far, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so there there have been other solutions outside of that, outside of Michael. But yeah, I do agree that it's uh, it does it does act a lot more like uh, sort of like the original series, where it's sort of Kirk. Kirk was the solution, and then. But I mean, you know, didn't you at least have like more like Spock? I mean, not that I watched that much of the original series, but I always saw like, you know, is Kirk Scott and Kirk Scott and Bones. Like Kirk Scott them. and Bones. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, they're I mean, like yeah, a trio. So just, right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Um, so there is some precedent for this. I mean, TNG was definitely more of an ensemble right. cast and, and solution, you know, Deep Space Nine was definitely in an ensemble. Yeah, you had, and that's what was nice about DS9, not to diverge from the discussion, but DS9, you had Cisco and he was the emissary, right? Like, sure. In, in that case, he was literally a savior, right? He was literally a, a savior chosen by the gods, but it was still so well balanced as a show where all the other characters had just their moments and their winning attributes and they got to save the day, right? Um, I think with Cisco, yeah. the 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 key characteristic about that though is his reluctance to be the savior, his reluctance to to be the emissary. Like he, Versus he here, where Michael needs to be the savior, wants to be the savior, yeah. and it, the show gives her that. The show like absolutely. Her, I'm not. I'm not denying that. Yeah, I gives mean, her that that role. Yeah. You yeah. know. Um, and I will, I will never let that go, like about this show. Um, you know, it's just one of the things that I dislike the most about Discovery that I, I really, I really can't stand. It's, it annoys me. Every time it, it comes up, it's a trigger. It's a trigger for me. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I understand that. I, I'm, I'm not, um, I, I can see past that a little bit more than you can, obviously, but I don't, I don't disagree with you. I think that expanding beyond that would be a you know a good idea and i think that it almost seems like i want the show to expand beyond that yeah absolutely of course yeah yeah absolutely no i i think that that's what what i'm getting to is the fact that i think that this season may be the lesson that lesson in the fact that you can't be the savior you can't save everyone i mean i think this brings it back right to the the first episode again where relic and president relic and her go head to head uh is is this idea around you can't be the the savior all the time and so which is funny though because Rillick was also the one see that's what is also makes very little sense to me i understand there's like you know a little chess a little bit of a chess game here Mm -hmm. but it's funny that Rillick was the one to say to her look you're really volatile you know like you you have a savior complex and you're volatile and one of these days it's really going to burn you and you're going to have to learn how to let, let things go that are out of your control. And then she puts her in the situation where yes, there is strategy behind it. It makes, 
sense because she, you know, Michael does have a connection to Navarre, does have a relationship with present Tarina. So it makes sense. But then if, if the Federation president couldn't trust Michael with a, a starship prototype, like why would she trust Michael with being the linchpin to like what might be months of negotiating with getting a, a planet back into, you know, one of the founding members of the Federation back into the Federation, you know, if you really just trust her that much. Like, it, it's just like, you know, that to me also is very odd. And like, even in the last episode, like, you know, like maybe like President, maybe President Rillick is warming up to Michael because in the last episode, like she puts her on this mission to um, get the Kuatma lot. I don't, I forgot her name, but she's like, I'm counting mm-hmm. on you. I'm like, okay. But then she also had, you know, yes, she had reason, a reason for putting her on that mission, particularly with Michael's relationship with Gabrielle. But still, it's kind of like, you know, President Rillick is putting her in all the situations that allows her to kind of save the day. I don't know. It, it's just, it's just whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Well, no, I mean, it's a fair, fair observation. I, I don't disagree with you. And, I, you know, I don't, you know, it may always be this way. It, it may not. Who knows? I mean, but it, obviously it has been this way for. Right. It's been this way for four seasons. I yeah. don't anticipate it changing. So. Yes, it is. Yeah. It, is what so, it is. It is what it is. But yes. Um, but yes. So that was my biggest pain point about this episode, for mm-hmm. sure. If you couldn't tell, everything else <laughs> I was was happy with. I I really I adored Tilly's storyline. Um, you know, I'm I'm glad. I, I feel that it was almost. I feel it was resolved pretty quickly. That was a thing, it, you know. Given that we were kind of introduced to her unrest in episode one, and it was we found a solution in episode four. You know, I I would have almost liked, and it was very. Um, similar with Detmer's PTSD in in season three, right? Like it, it got resolved relatively fast, like relatively right. quickly. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things, like the thing is like, you know, it, it would be uncomfortable, but it would have been interesting to see her struggle with it for longer. Because I do think for most people, when they come to a crossroads in their lives, it takes a longer time to really figure out what is the next step what do I do? Obviously, we don't have the luxury of like, you know, seeing because some people struggle for for years to kind of figure out this shit, you know, and, you know, this is a TV show, it needs to entertain. So we don't necessarily want to drag things on. But it would have been nice to see her struggle with it for just a little bit longer. And for her, it's not fun characterization, but for her to kind of like deal with this malaise, you know what I mean? Because I've gone through that. Like this, this malaise of like being kind of like um, aimless and not really quite sure what's next and kind of really struggling with that for a longer time. Like, I think that that would have been nice to see, but I understand, you know, we kind of need to move on. We don't want to spend too much time maybe on things like this because it's not necessarily fun Tilly, right? It's like, it's like, oh, Tilly's not, you know, we know we, we were saying it in episode one. It's like, oh, Tilly's not like the same Tilly, you know, something's right. off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think one of the things that we don't un- know and don't really get to see is, you know, star dates in the past. So we did hear a Michael star uh, captain's log for the first time uh, at the beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't really have a sense of how time is passing in in, in yeah, this fair. universe, so in, in this series, really. Uh, you know, we know it's been five months from the season finale of season three to the beginning of season four. We don't know what the time frame is through this part of this season. No, that's really. fair. Sometimes it feels very like bam, bam, bam. Like, right. But that's fair. It You know, it's it's hard to... Yeah, we don't really we don't really have a sense of time as much as we have in other series and uh, other shows. So I think that there's that piece of it. But also, I I think that probably COVID and the way the the writers room, just the way that it's written, I think that we do have these small little arcs that they kind of weave in and out throughout the 
mm-hmm. throughout the season. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see the gray Adira storyline kind of wrapped up at some point in the next couple of episodes, you know, and then, and, and then a new, maybe a new mini arc, mm-hmm. you know, happening. So, you know, I think that that's sort of where this show goes with the writer's room and how they're doing it. And, and they, you know, I, you know, I don't know how they mind map this on a whiteboard or whatever, you know, for, for the season, but, um, I guess it really depends, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I, I would imagine that at least in, if I were doing a, a show, if I were doing discovery, I would have all the characters names up on a whiteboard and I would take me through 13 episodes and yeah. say here, here's what's, you know, happening right. with this person and this person journey mapping. Yeah, journey, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But maybe they don't do that that way or, you know, you know, also I think, you know, COVID has changed, changed the season significantly. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a number of factors here that I think could, could be happening, but, um, it is what it is, you know, each, each show is kind of differently written and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, each, each showrunner has their own way of, of doing it. So this is perhaps how Michelle Paradise runs, runs her shows with, runs the show with, uh, you know, just a small, these smaller arcs for characters to rather than browbeating us with these decisions or these issues of PTSD or, you know, finding your purpose in life. Cause the other thing too, is we know that Tilly's coming back. So, sure. you know, may, maybe, you know, maybe spending six months teaching at the Academy, she realizes I miss being out here on the frontier again, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, you know, things like that change, especially for someone young, you know, it's very well documented that most generation, Millennials and Generation Zs uh, don't stay in careers or positions quite as long as previous generations have. So, you know, they're more apt to jump from ship to ship, job to job. Uh, and, you know, I think that that's very endemic of, of a younger person. And, and Tilly's, what, 22, 23? You know, so... Well, who even knows what, what generation would Tilly be? gamma like you know who, <laughs> yeah, who, who, yeah. who knows at that but, point. you know what she represents is a is a you know she she's playing a 22 or 23 year old right that you know represents the generation that is 22 23 here in our current time but more anyway more or less so anyway so you know she could change her mind again which is totally fair you know that would be yeah that would be fair so um you know yeah. so who knows who knows um yeah the but her her whole little plot line in this episode yes I, I i like the cadets we got some good cgi but then some really bad cgi like Ooh, what did you see that was bad cgi like when adira was trapped in the ice and i was like what is this is this is the parasitic ice from season three i was like i don't understand what's going on and, oh yeah okay and but the ice effects was it was really bad I don't know if you noticed. It was like she was like they were trying to break out of the ice and Tilly and the rest of the gang were trying to pull them out. And you can see the ice effects. It was terrible. It was it was really bad. It, it looked poorly done. I don't know. The creatures, the polysomes or something, whatever. No. Um, whatever. They were they were fine. It was it was very, it was very JJ. Oh my gosh, I was just going to say that. Yes. Oh, yeah. Gosh, Ice Planet. I mean, Ice Planet oh, um, yes. Uh, slash, slash, in the middle of New York type style, you know, the, the creature that's in that. Um, Cloverfield. Thank you, Cloverfield. You know, that whole. Uh, I, I, you know, I. So your trigger is. Uh, is Michael and being the savior. My trigger <laughs> is repetitive alien uh, being like non-humanoid monsters. It's like someone has taught one class on how to create these. Right. Everyone has taken this one class mm-hmm. and they're all creating the same style monsters. Like there is this, this irritates that the F out of me. Is is the lack of originality of 
creature creating in Star Trek and uh, and also that you see in other movies as well. It's just not original anymore. It's all like there was one class. Everyone took it. Everyone's doing the same damn thing. There's only one piece of software that apparently creates these and everyone is using it. And I find that really fucking annoying in the oh, 20 so funny. In, and, I was like, whatever. It's uh, like your creature of the week. I was like, it's a, it's like. If I see one more JJ style uh, creature, I will just scream bloody murder. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm really over it. Like, come up with something different. I mean, at least the bowel were different. I'll give yeah, them that. That's true. The bowel were different. But, you know, that, that being said, but most of these big alien creatures that hunt our main characters through desolate places are all the same type of character, uh, creature. So anyway, that is my huge, huge, my gripe about this, um, this episode. So, uh, please someone create a new class, a new creature (sighs) class, do something, do please just create something different. For the love of God. <laughs> um, yeah, it was very just like, whatever, very generic. Yeah, it's, it is. It's just, you know, it's, it's really, la- you know, lack of imagination in my, in my mind. I don't know. I, you know, I could, you know, I could probably get my nine-year-old, my, no, he just turned 11, sorry. My 11-year-old nephew to create a creature, draw a creature uh, that would be better and more interesting than we have seen in some of these movies anyway um so yeah so these creatures this this whole alien i thought that the the parasitic ice effects in episode two of season three was really well done and much better than this uh, this ice i i do i'm recalling now just the way that they they're pulling a deer out of this ice and just the way that the ice looks and the way that she's able to break free of it it just doesn't look believable or real. And I agree with that. And no, then, looked, and then why is it, again. is it just like that one patch of ground that does that? Because then they walk around it. Not it was, very far yeah, away. I don't know. I don't understand why. Like, yeah. I think there was lightning. I think lightning struck the ground, but okay. I was like, I don't understand why that's causing this ice to do this. It was very, okay. It was a, it was a, it was a situation. <laughs> it was basically like a situation that they need to work as a team. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a, yeah, it was a created situation to, uh, to elicit a character development point. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I guess was good, but I'm not, I'm on the fence about it. It's just Adira's, um, independence in that scene before that happens where she, where they, um, where they decide to go off on their own and, mm-hmm. and, you know, like basically buck Tilly as the commanding officer of it. Sure, and sure. like they storm off. And uh, I was really surprised by that kind of play for Adira, that sort of that happening. So right, right, that, right. that I felt a little off was a little off brand for Adira. Um, or maybe, maybe it was just more childish and, and petulant. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so I mean, so th- that sort of does bring that lesson of working together a little, makes it a little bit more real. But I also just don't understand the motivation for Adira to go like to do act like that and do that. Um, other than unless they're their frustration, maybe it was their frustration with everyone sort of not getting along and, and they said, they'll just do it. And they storm off. I I'd have to rewatch it and kind of think through that again. But I I don't know. I found that characteristic of Adira is a little surprising um, in that scene. So. Right. Anyway. Um, Yeah, no, I noticed that too. I thought that it was a little bit out of character. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I would, you know, the one downside, I really would have loved to see what the Armstrong was, what kind of ship it was and see them beamed aboard the Armstrong. I know that wasn't, you know, part of the, you know, why spend the effects budget on that, but I still wanted to see 
what another uh 30 we seconds we saw that in the last episode remember the inside of another ship when did we yeah when what's her face went to steal the dilithium oh yeah but that, that it was looked very of... just generic it looked like the discovery it looked like discovery it didn't really look yes and it was like in a corridor it wasn't actually in a bridge right. or right like i you know i would really love to see a 32nd century starship bridge sure um or even an engine room sure yeah but anyway anyway maybe um, one day eventually maybe one day Yes. So, well, what? Any other thoughts on this this episode? No, I am pretty sure we covered everything. I think that about does it for this episode. Yeah. Um. Cool. So, I think that also does it for this week's podcast. Mike, do you want to talk a little bit about our sponsor? Absolutely. I was just pulling up. Uh... Fansets.com. So Fansets is the exclusive sponsor of Deep Space Pride and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. And uh, I'm trying to remember what came out this week. I know. Oh, there we go. There are the new releases. So we've got two more women, the women of Trek pins that came out. Uh, We have Dr. Jillian Taylor and we have Janice Rand. Uh, We also still have that amazing Star Trek to Wrath of Khan Delta. Uh, there's one other thing that came out. Oh, yes, the Discovery, uh, the holiday pin, uh, the holiday pin slash ornament that came out. Uh, oh. Very limited supply. So the 2021 uh, Christmas holiday pin. Uh, so it's a Star Trek Discovery uh, NCC 1031 wreath. And uh, it can be both, uh, it can be either a pin as part of your pin collection, or it also has this cute little hole that you can hang, you know, put a string through it and it can be a ornament. So, Ooh, well, speaking of ornaments, did you put up your Enterprise D on your tree? I did. I took pictures of it. I have not shared them though. Oh, uh, I but, yeah. also put it up. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, when we went to um, to the original series the set tour. Set tour. Uh, we both got an Enterprise D ornament for right. our Christmas lit ornament, lighted or yes. from like 1991 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So anyway, back to fan sets. Uh, so uh, that so that is a limited supply pin. So you know, depending on when you're listening to this, it could be sold out. So if you are listening to this and it's still you know around mid December. Definitely go check it out, pick it up, put a bunch of pins in your cart. Also, there are the uh, Riker and Troy lower deck style micro crew pins. All right. So there are, those. Yeah. So those are, uh, so there's some, uh, there's a bunch of new pins for Star Trek. And then there's a lot of other ones. They have Ultraman, DC, uh, Scooby Doo. Uh, oh, also, they had a couple of other women of Trek. They had Lieutenant Mares. And uh, they have a an Ensign Beckett Manor, a Mariner one as well. So plenty of great pins to check out, all new. And if you go to Fansets, put a bunch of pins in, and it totals more than $30 in the U.S., you're going to get free shipping. Free shipping. And uh, which is also always nice, right? And uh, if you use the code DSPRIDE, all one word, and you're going to get 10% off your order. And yes. we want to thank uh, John and Lou and the team at Fansets for supporting Deep Space Pride and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Thanks, Fansets. Cool. Um, and in the meantime, we would love to hear all your thoughts on this episode and other episodes. And if you want to reach out to us, you can find us on social, on Twitter and Instagram at Deep Space Pride. And then you can also email us at deepspacepride at gmail.com. Cool. All right. Well, I think that about does it. Mike, any last words for our listeners before we sign off? No, thanks for listening. Uh, Tilly, we hope to see you again real soon. I hope so. We we miss you already. And, uh, you know, yeah, we'll we'll be back here to talk about the next episode uh, next week before we take a week break and uh, 
happy holidays to all of our fans out there who are listening. Yes. Happy holidays. Well, we're not there yet, so whatever. Well, we're close. It's the holiday season. Well, it's uh it's it's Hanukkah, right? Right now? Is it? Hanukkah's over. Hanukkah has okay. ended. Well, there um, it is. Um, but yeah. But it is the right, holiday yeah. season and we hope that you're all yes, safe. It is the general home. general broad season. Yes. So Happy holidays, and we'll see you here next week. Bye, everyone. Deep Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.